collaboration that's required to care for a patient with cancer is tremendous. This is the James Cancer-Free World Podcast. I'm Steve Wartenberg, and my guest is Amy Reddick. Amy is a James nurse, and today is the first of our monthly series of podcasts that will feature several of the world-class nurses and healthcare experts here at the James and highlight some of the great work that they do. This is something we've wanted to do for a while, and Amy, who's an expert in many areas of nursing, including relationship-based care, which will be our topic today, has also helped me connect with several other James nurses and healthcare professionals and invite them to be guests on future episodes of the podcast. So, Amy, thank you for all your help, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Steve. I'm really honored and deeply touched that we can do this work together coming up in the future. Well, I think everyone knows that the nurses are sort of the glue that holds the the James together. So I feel Mm. bad that I that after two years, it took me two years to have a nurse on. So thank you for helping me to right a wrong. I love that you bring up the idea that nurses are the glue of kind of what holds a lot of this together, because one of the things that we face right now in healthcare is that um, patients are very ill when they come to us. And so it does mean that we need some constancy or, or some people that are going to be with patients throughout their journey uh, with cancer, which can be a long journey or it might be a short journey. Uh, But we do our best to make sure that there is presence there. And what that means is, and what glue does, is glue creates relationships. Right. So with, with this idea of relationships and nurses, when we were first looking at um, building a nursing model at the James that would represent what oncology nursing is and what it means in our world, we chose um, relationship-based care as that model. And relationship-based care means that with the patient and the patient's family, importantly, at the front and center of what we do, our work is to create a caring and healing environment for them. And so that caring relationship that we have with our patients and families, that, that glued piece together, um, becomes very important. And to best do that, to be the people that can provide that level of care, we have to have a caring relationship with ourselves, and we have to have a caring relationship with our team so our coworkers and our colleagues, so that we've got glue going everywhere. So I like this idea of glue, Steve. So, sounds like a sticky situation. It's very sticky. <laughs> In the best possible way. Exactly. So before you expand upon that, and we talk more about all the different segments of the relationship-based care, I can already hear the passion in your voice and your mm. commitment. Tell me a little bit about what got you into nursing and then to specialize in oncology nursing. Steve, that is quite a long story, so I'm going to try to be as brief okay. as possible. You know it's going to be tough for me, but <laughs> uh, you're eyeballing me, so I know that you'll be you'll be with me along the way. I will be honest. I didn't want to be a nurse. 
um, I wanted to be uh, a psychiatrist. Um, or I wanted to be a psychologist. I wanted to work with people uh, when it came to their mental health issues. However, I had the experience of working at a camp for kids with cancer, and the nurse that was there, that was running the camp, was amazing. Um, This was over 30 years ago, uh, and this nurse, the patients... um, Kids with cancer would often go home and they would have a, a IV that came out of their chest. The ports, yeah. yes. Um, only it was a long tube. Yeah. And this nurse wrapped this kid up in saran wrap and duct taped him all up and he got in the water to <laughs> swim. And it was as though a miracle had happened. It was, he was smiling, he was laughing, his parents are crying. And this nurse is like, this is what I do. And I thought, that's what I want to do. All right, this, I want to be that nurse. All right, this is already quite the coincidence because of what I'm about to ask you. Where was this camp 30 years ago? Finley, Ohio. Because 1985 to 1990, I was a counselor at a camp for kids with cancer in Philadelphia area that was affiliated with Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and saw the exact same things, these amazing kids and the nurses who the kids loved. These, these yes. kids love, they knew them so well and loved them. And I can see how you could be inspired to want to become a nurse from being at this type of camp. It was, I, I have chills sitting here with you right now as you say that, because it was the same time frame. And yeah. it, it just took my breath away. And to be able to be part of someone's life journey and give them an experience that they may not otherwise get to have meant the world. So that's how you got into nursing Mm -hmm. and oncology nursing and here to the James. Yeah. And so nursing has really progressed a lot over the Mm -hmm. years. And again, before we get into your specialty, could you give us a little like coming attractions of some of the other people you've lined up real quickly and and what uh, they'll talk about. Steve, thank you so much for asking because I think that we have some stellar people that are going to come and share their stories and how this relates to the glue, the relationships <laughs> that matter in healthcare today. Um, we have, uh, we have one person in particular who used to work with us at the James. Her name is Katie, and she is a social worker, and she'll be telling you more about her story uh, when she comes. But she has had the tremendous experience of not only working at the James, um, but also having a family member as uh, somebody that was taken care of by the James. Um, and her experience of what that was like and how that gave her a very different perspective um, from when she worked as a social worker, because you get to see one side, but when you actually experience being a patient um, and, and how a caring and healing environment can make a difference in the way that you, um, in, in the way that you experience care, in the way that you perceive care, the way that you feel cared for um, really matters. So I'm excited for Katie to share her story. 
Um, another person that we have coming on to um, the podcast is Amy. She is going to share the the importance of the relationship with each other as healthcare professionals among the staff. Yeah. So why why does it matter how we get along? Um, why does it matter how I get along with a mammography technologist or a physician? Or why does it matter how um, I get along with the environmental services or a patient care associate who supports nursing? She is going to give us some great information about the difference that that makes in the in ultimately the care that we provide the patient. Um, and then I'll tell you about one more because okay. I'm not going to tell you about them all <laughs> okay. because that will take up all of our time. And I know you want to talk about relationship-based care more uh, fully. But Ruth, another colleague of mine, is actually going to come and talk to us about something that we don't always think about when it when we think about a caring relationship with ourselves. Ruth is going to talk about what it means to have those tough conversations personally. So there's the tough conversation itself, but there's also the piece that means being brave, stepping up, and being able to have that conversation and feel okay about it. And that is a self-care activity. Self-care is more than a manicure and a pedicure. I have discovered that over my years. This is a way of thinking about how we are with each other in relationship, but also how I am with myself. And can I stand myself by actually having a tough conversation with somebody else that um, might be uncomfortable? Wow, it's interesting. As you were going, you told us a little bit about your relationship-based care and then the three guests coming on. That word care keeps coming up, and that mm. seems to be the the common thread that that we're going to hear from everyone. That caring, I guess, probably a word that's that's we should place more importance on between with the patients and their family, amongst with yourself, with everyone you work for. That's the whole key. That's everything. You're exactly right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll dive in and learn the basics of relationship-based care. A revolution in lung cancer treatment is happening at the James. We're proving lung cancer isn't solely defined by location and stage, but rather the individual molecules and genes that drive it. Simply put, there is no routine lung cancer. That's why our world-renowned specialists put their expertise towards treating one particular lung cancer, yours. At The James, we go beyond the routine to prevent, detect, treat, and cure your lung cancer. To learn more, call 1-800-293-5066. We're back with Amy Reddig, and Amy's going to fill us in on uh, some of the details of relationship-based care. And as we heard in the first half of the podcast, care is just one of the keys to everything in cancer care. And it's all about relationships. So fill us in, Amy. Thanks, Steve. Um, care truly is the the center of all of this. Um, and care, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something about care. Care is about seeing people as people and not seeing people as objects. So it means seeing somebody 
with the idea that they have their own lives, they have their own hopes and dreams, their own perspectives, and all of that. So They're, they're not their disease. Yes. Thank you. They are not their disease. They're not a room number. They are a person. So the care of the patient and the family, that caring relationship with them, has everything to do with the environment we provide them when they come to us for our world-class cancer care. So when we think about the caring relationship with the patient and family, we are thinking about the environment. We are thinking about the treatments that we can provide, the clinical trials that we have to offer that they may not be able to get anywhere else. We are thinking about the quality and safety of the care that they receive. We are also thinking about the, when we think about the patient, we are also thinking about how we communicate with them. Are we meeting them at their level where they're at in that moment? A person that first receives a cancer diagnosis is not the same person who is now on a new treatment for a cancer diagnosis. So each time we see the patient, we are meeting them exactly where they are at in their cancer journey. Boy, that's a great point I hadn't thought of. When someone's first diagnosed, I mean, probably fear and uncertainty is is their prevalent thought. And as the weeks and months go by, that changes, and you, your relationship with them changes along with that. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And that also sounds like something that takes experience. That mm-hmm. that you need nursing mentors and an open mind and listening a lot to learn how to do this to to connect with patients. It's not probably not easy. Mm-mm. No, being working with patients with cancer is takes a special person. And whether that's a nurse working with those patients, whether it's the registration person working with those patients, our physicians, we do this work intentionally. We do this work on purpose. We are called to do work and to care for patients with cancer. You know, you brought up something about, um, you said something about how it, it takes special knowledge, it takes experience to do the work, to provide the care for uh, patients with cancer, and that actually has everything to do with a caring relationship with self. Oh. So when I talk about caring relationship with self, uh, I, I joked before that it's not a manicure and a pedicure. While those things are nice and they can help in, in a moment, if, if, you're, if a person is feeling down and they just wanna do something special for themselves, um, I'm also talking about, when I talk about caring relationship with self, the idea that there is knowledge and experience out there that will make me a better nurse. And that is caring for my professional self. I can get certifications in the cancer specialty. I I can further my education in the cancer specialty specifically. I can even narrow that further to specifically breast cancer or specifically 
um, lymphoma or leukemia. Part of caring for self is this idea that you are bringing your best self to the bedside or you are bringing your best self to the care of the patient. And that sometimes means gaining knowledge and gaining experience. Well, I don't know if you just saw me looking at my cell phone. I'm I'm looking at your email to me and you have a lot of letters after your name. Uh So you have done that, I take it. So what are a couple of the things you've done in in education that has led to self-care and making you a, a better and more experienced nurse? I feel a little on the spot, Steve. I'll be honest <laughs> to to you know kind of share some of my own journey. Um, but I, when I decided to go at, back to school for a graduate degree, I ended up at um, Capital University, and then they were offering dual degree programs. One of my degrees is a Master of Arts in Lay Ministry from Trinity Lutheran Seminary. And the reason why I did that was to focus more on the person as a person. So very existential. What is our way of being? And how can I incorporate that into my nursing practice so that as I'm caring for patients with cancer, I can focus on them as a whole being no matter where they're at mentally, no matter where they're at physically, and no matter where they're at spiritually. So that's one degree I I certainly want to highlight as a way of explaining how caring for self can make a difference in how we care for patients. Another thing that I, another group of letters behind my name is I have a certification in breast care nursing from the Oncology Nursing Society. And I was, a re- when I first started working at Ohio State, I was the breast cancer clinical nurse specialist, at, which meant that my world was everything about breast cancer and breast care. So that particular certification made sense as far as how I could better myself so that I could take better care of the patients and the families that I encountered. Wow, so I, I, you bring up a point that I think I knew, but but you really illustrated it so well, is that nursing is not just one degree and you're done and you just do the job. It, 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 there are so many different certifications and specialties that have grown over the years, and nurses are always involved in continuing education. Mm-hmm. This is true of many disciplines in healthcare. All of us that are licensed or credentialed or certified in some way have responsibilities to maintain ongoing, lifelong education so that we can stay current for the people that we take care of. Now, a lot of the doctors and scientists I've talked to have talked about the collaborative nature of their work Mm -hmm. in research. And it sounds like as part of... um, care and relationships, you do the same thing amongst nurses and beyond. How do you, how do you connect people in the same way and, and build upon that culture of, of care that eventually leads back to the patients? We, have, we do an amazing activity 
we offer um, our staff when we can meet in person a day-long retreat to dive into relationship-based care in a more meaningful way. It also allows us to have multiple different roles, so healthcare professionals in the same room at the same time to share the story of what it means to take care of uh, patients with cancer. And one of these activities is called It Takes a Village. And the opportunity is there to highlight to the individuals that are participating in our retreat what it's like for a patient to come to our system and how they come to, uh, they may come to the registration desk, they may come to the front desk, and they're interacting with people that work in our system. They go to a clinic and they're interacting with people that work in our system. By the end of the time of our little scenario for our patient and their journey in one particular day, they may discover that this patient has actually interacted with 20, 30 people who have something to do with their cancer and their treatment and their care. So why does that matter? Because it takes all of us to do that. The collaboration that's required to care for a, can- a patient with cancer is tremendous. It takes schedulers who know when to put the patient into a clinic. It takes nurses who know how to manage different symptoms that are amenable to nursing care. It takes advanced practice providers to see those patients for higher level symptom management. It takes our physicians to be able to do surgery and and to create complex treatment plans. It takes our research group um, the ability to interact with our patients and engage them in the clinical trials that may save their lives and add knowledge to how we um, treat cancer in our world. So by allowing and by, by setting it up that we look at this as a team of people, every patient has a care team. When they come to the James, they have a care team. And that care team interacts with each other to ensure that the treatment journey itself that may involve surgery, that may involve uh, um, infusion therapies, it may involve um, radiation therapies, it may involve extra screenings and scans, everybody has an opportunity to be at the table together. So if we're going to be at the table together to take care of that patient, we have to get along. (laughs) Yeah. And as you were saying that, I'm thinking that from the medical side, all these things add up and are better, but there's more to it than just the actual chemotherapy or immunotherapy or radiation. It's making people feel comfortable and appreciated and and having connections with other humans, these patients, helps them to get better, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. If we if we pay particular attention to our relationship with each patient, then they get better care. Wow how how does this? I, perhaps the final step of mm-hmm. relationship based care is beyond the hospital, out in the community. Is that is that a component of it? 
That is a, a component of how we look at relationship-based care in a caring and healing environment. In oncology, we have a special charge to ensure that we are helping people prevent cancer in their lives. We talk about tobacco cessation. We talk about screenings. We talk about preventative measures that an individual person can take to um, keep them um, at lower risk for getting cancer. We have genetics that pay attention to those people that are at higher risk. And so that information is vital because we as a land-grant institution here at The Ohio State University have a responsibility to the community that we serve. And so if we do not include that relationship with our community, then we are neglecting our caring and healing environment. Well, it sounds like you're not. (laughs) (laughs) We are not. And it also, this was a great start to our continuing series on nurses and healthcare experts. So thank you for all, I I mean, you just got us off to a very passionate start. I can, I just feel your caring uh, pouring out of you. And so thank you for filling us in and, and getting, helping to coordinate this series of podcasts. Thank you, Steve. We couldn't do it without you. This podcast is brought to you by the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center, Arthur G. James Cancer Hospital, and Richard J. Solov Research Institute. For more information, check out our website, cancer.osu.edu.